Hey, book friends, this is Corey. Thanks for listening along as Kiri and I have a book club for two over a cup of tea. In each episode, we will share highlights from our recent reading adventures. We want to share the hits and misses along with why they worked or didn't work for us. We know life is busy and everyone's TBR list is too long, especially with an ever-growing list of books to choose from. We're hoping to simplify one little thing in your busy life by doing the heavy lifting and giving you suggestions for your next book adventure. If you like our podcasts, don't forget to give us some love and support. Things you could do include recommending us to your reading friends. You could subscribe to the show or rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It only takes a couple of minutes, but it will help us grow our audience and make it easier for listeners like you to find us. All right, let's get started. <laughs> I think we should end the year with a giggle. Actually, we're starting the year because we never do anything on time, on time it's or normally. before or, or after. after. So we are starting out 2020 with the best of 2019. Whoop, whoop. And then we'll start our semi-new format that, anyways. Is it new? Yeah, we haven't released any of the new stuff. I thought season three was... No. Oh. Anyways. Whatever. Whatever. Again, I do it all. Happy (laughs) 2020! Changes are about. (sighs) They are. Our life is just change. Okay, so... The only constant is change. The only constant is change. As I say, as I cry with all the changes. Let's not even go there. I I can't talk about it anymore. (laughs) I, I need to move forward in a positive way. Okay, let's just say... It can only go up from here. It's true. I've got a job. We'll just leave it at that. Okay. Um, <laughs> everyone's like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's fine, people. We can get deep and heavy. This is our podcast. We do what we want. I know. I'm talked out about it. I've been catching up with people, which means I have to keep rehashing the hell that was my life. I didn't ask you about the hell that I was know, your life. I know. Thank you. You probably already know all of it. Um, <laughs> as you do spin and damage control for terrible choices. Okay. Moving on. Um, tea. <laughs> No, really. 2020, I'm, I'm, I'm in a place. I'm moving forward in a positive way. I'm letting things go. I'm going to do good things in the world. Inner peace. Anything you want to add? One day at a time. <gasps> hey, me too. One minute at a time. Yeah, one often. One hour at a time. Yep. I just had a really great conversation with my friend last night. Hi, Erin. And she was like, you just need to stay in the moment. You can't be thinking ahead. And I'm like, but. And she's like, no, you just need to be now. And I was like, but. And she's like, I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) It's a hard practice. It is. But it'll cause less suffering. I think so. So today. uh, Today we're going to talk about books. And tea. Which I love. It's the best. And I love Kiri. And I love you. Oh. Can you feel (laughs) the love? Somebody sang that at karaoke on Christmas Eve, oh, and I Jesus. wanted to die. And then okay. they sang an all-new world, and I also wanted to die. Uh, I watched La La Land again last night, oh, which I, I love just... La La Land. It's so good. Yeah. So I have all the songs in my head. I'm just I like, have the soundtrack. Uh, yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, my God. It's brilliant. City of stars, are you shining down on me? Oh, so good. And depressing, but yeah, whatever. I know. The ending <laughs> just wrecks me every time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, girl, talk to us about that tea. Okay. <laughs> uh, shocker, it's a sips by tea since um, I, I'm continuously trying to uh, manage my tea collection. Um, so this was from September, actually, and it's a black chai, and it's by, okay, uh, Tea Chick 
Shamaya. Sorry if I spelled your name wrong or said your name wrong. Anyways, it's an energy boosting chai blend that helps your body keep moving and grooving with healthy ingredients such as an immune boosting catnip spice. Mint. Mint and an anti-inflammatory cinnamon. <clears throat> yeah, it was funny. Curious, like, does this have mint in it? And I'm like, no. And I pulled the thing, and I'm like, oh, kind of. Uh-huh. So I guess if we were cats, we would be like really like. Ooh, we should have done an. Ex- you should give them the dry leaves in a sock and see if they interact. Mm, maybe. So reduce, right. reuse, recycle. <laughs> well, this was the last of it. I know you can recycle it by giving it to your cats. Right. See, we have cat. We have a. Oh, we have cat mint outside. Oh. We can't grow catnip. The cats in the neighborhood eat it all up (laughs) before it gets big. Yeah. We need to, like, grow it in, like, a basket where they can't get at it and then plant it in the ground, and then they can go crazy. But, anyways. Oh, I did see cats, too, which is... Well, well, that's a conversation for another time. But for the record, it wasn't that bad. In fact, it was fun. It was enjoyable. It was cute. It reminded me of the Broadway show. I want to see Little Women. I do, too. So anyways, I, my, my, my take on it is, is that all these critics that are panning it, I don't know that they've probably ever seen the Broadway show Cats, so they don't get it. Anyways, <coughs> that's my two cents worth. Kiri is sick and will be coughing intermittently throughout this production, and she apologizes for any inconvenience it may <coughs> cause on your ears. Wow. Okay. Public service announcement. Yeah. And we noshed, we split um, a chocolate croissant. 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 Um, that was really good. We have this local restaurant. Pan au chocolat. Pan au chocolat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have this local restaurant shift, which does a first Saturday bake sale. So you can go there for breakfast and she makes like, Dara, the chef makes, oh my gosh, there's just like this whole array of goodies. It's like catnip for adults. Glutards. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was really good. Um, so I brought one home for us to enjoy. It was delectable. It was. And we shared it. So we, we were did. being... And we shared it with your partner. Right. So we were eating in moderation. Yeah. Which is always a good thing. Exactly. It was just enough, actually. It was. I think if I'd eaten the whole thing, I would yeah. have felt bad about myself. Me too. I would have felt <laughs> nauseous. Yeah. But... Anywho. Okay. So tea. Tea. Check. Food. Check. Um, whining about our lives. Check. Uh, looking forward. Check. Should we talk about last year? Ugh. In books? Yeah. Just books. <laughs> Just <That's> books. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Corey has an exorbitant amount of I do books not. That she you wrote Kiri. down your stats, right? So. Yes. But, well, let's start with our stats. Oh, okay. You go first. So, Kiri, this is me. <laughs> in case you didn't know yet <laughs> read 15,224 pages across 39 books. Okay. Oops, I need to go here to the webpage, so... My shortest book was 226 pages, and it was The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And my longest book was 1,007 pages uh, by uh, The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson. Which you said took how many years of listening to? It took to? two years to listen. We finished it in the van in New Zealand. Wow. It was an audiobook. Okay. So technically I didn't read, I guess, 1,000 pages. No, no, but... read it. I, I, you know, there's a lot of chatter about this in the, in the book, book world, in the book realm and listening is reading. It's like 48 hours yeah. is what it took for us not to every, listen to it. Because not everyone can, I mean, it, it's, it's yeah. still considered reading. Yeah. So. I see the words in my head as it goes around. Yeah. I don't, but I, but you, <laughs> but, but I'm just saying I, yeah. it's definitely reading. Okay. What are your stats? <laughs> well, I had a goal of 150. So last year I read 115 books in 2018. Uh-huh. So I was like, I could read 150. You're 
crazy. That's cool. I could do it. <laughs> so as of uh, like December 29th, I was at 125. Uh-huh. Then I realized that I had read some graphic novels that I hadn't put into my Goodreads stats, so I added all of those, so that bumped me up to 133. Nice. I know. As I go, again, graphic novels, they count. Yeah. And so I still didn't meet my goal, but I read 44,797 pages across 133 books. Nice. My shortest book was a graphic novel at 30 pages. And what does that say on your screen right there? It says Buffy. Uh-huh. I love Buffy. <laughs> and my longest book was 624 pages, The Fall and Rise, The Story of Nine of Eleven by Mitchell Zukoff, which almost made my top 10. I would definitely recommend it. And boy, was that a tough read. Um, and it took me a while. So, yeah. So I feel good about what I... I mean, you know, I didn't make 150. Clearly, that was too much of a stretch goal. So I... Humbly, I think I put down 110 for next year. I did 100 one year. Uh huh. And I think I was able to maintain 100 books for two or three years. Then I got my new job, mm-hmm. and now it like my goal was to read 75, mm-hmm. and I read 39. So, okay. which is still more than most people read in a year, right? I suppose so. I just feel so disappointed in myself. Yeah, I used to be such a well, what readaholic. Well, what needs to change in your reading life to bump it back up? I need more time. Mm. Okay. Well, that Because I, I read at nighttime. Okay. And I can usually only deal with, like, a chapter before my eyes get heavy. Yeah. What about your lunch hour? I don't take lunch. Maybe. Shh, don't tell Osha. You maybe... That's... Well, there you go. A, you need a break. So maybe that should be a goal for this year. Is to, to read at lunchtime? Yeah. Take that time for yourself. Go find a little corner. Each, yeah. I mean, you're not getting paid extra money to work over lunch. That's true. So I say, it's coming from someone who has a crazy schedule now and never <laughs> takes lunch either. But I also have weirder hours than yeah. in general. Um, I think you should take that time back. I think you should claim that for reading this year. I will grab lunch by the balls mm-hmm. or by the books. I'll be your accountability buddy. I'll check in with you and be like, are how, you, ma- are how you... many days a week did you read at lunchtime, Kiri? Oh, God. It's going to make me not want to do it. Okay. Then I won't. I don't like accountability buddies. Okay. Well, I'm just trying to inspire you. So you decide if that's a good use of your time. How about that? Sounds good. Coco or mm-hmm. Pixie, Pixie agrees. Yeah. Um, or you could get up in the morning and read for a little bit. Sometimes I find that nice. I don't know. I mean, everyone's different, right? But the dog looks at me. He goes. <laughs> what are so is Chester asking for a walk? Or... Yeah. Okay. As soon as we wake up. In okay. The okay. Well, then lunch it is. <sighs> I think that would be a great way to spend your Do lunch. Do children's books count? So if I become a big sister, or when I become a big sister, mm-hmm. my intention is to take this little child to bookstores and, like, read books with them. So do little kids' books count as books that I can count towards Goodreads? If you want them to. I'm not going to tell you how to count your books. Okay. <laughs> I'm not the boss of you. <laughs> other than ordering you to... police your books. Order, other than ordering you to... Uh, take a t- lunch. Take a lunch and maybe read on it. You yeah. should at least take a lunch. I don't care what you do on it, but take, a, <clears throat> take an effing lunch, okay? Yeah. Okay. God. Ugh. Ugh. So. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think my takeaway is it's really, for me, I'm trying to move more towards quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's hard because I put this weird pressure on myself to read as many books as possible since I work at a bookstore. Right. 
Um, but I'm continuing to try and work on abandoning books. Like I have one right now. Actually, it's sitting right here. I really wanted to like the Saturday Night Ghost Club. It's supposed to be kind of like, uh, oh shoot, what's uh, uh, Stranger Things okay. uh, meets The Body, or you know, like or like Stand by Me. Uh -huh. um, I mean, it's not even that long, and I'm over halfway through, and I'm just like, don't even want to pick it up again. Don't do it. Life is too short to read books you don't like. I keep thinking. Here's my thing: is I keep thinking maybe it'll get better. No, it won't. If you're over halfway through and it still sucks, it does. It's not that it sucks. It's, it's just not for me. It's still gonna not be for you when you finish it, and then you're gonna be like, "Oh, Kira, I finished that book and I hated it." And okay. I'm like, I know. Fine. All right. See. So that's one of my reading goals for the year: is if I'm not feeling a book, not feeling guilty about abandoning it. And Unless you're only 10 pages away, and then I'm going to tell you to just read the okay. last 10 pages. But what you're saying is I shouldn't let myself get the 10 pages Correct. away. Correct. Okay. 50 pages. You should know if you're going to like a book within 50 pages. Okay. If it takes longer than 50 pages, maybe 100 max. Like Dune, I think, took me about 100 pages to get through. So right. 100 should be your, like... If it's really long. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's my goal. And I actually, I have been doing that a little bit with book club. There's been a couple books this year that I've abandoned. Oh, good. Uh, you know, and... Um, Do you still go to book club when you don't read them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I usually have a little bit to say. I mean, I've at least started it. And, right. Um, you can talk about why you put it down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So I think that's maybe my big change in my reading life. That and I want to continue to get better at how I... My other big thing is getting continuing to improve in how I uh, talk about books, both verbally and written. Mm. Um, so whether it's on here or talking to a customer in the store or writing a review, um, getting better at kind of capturing the summary of being able to summarize a book concisely and clearly mm. and um, in a way that makes people interested and also being able to talk about my feelings about the book in a intelligible and interesting way. <laughs> Sounds like a tough challenge. <laughs> I get nervous. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Okay. I'm just staring at all of your piles of books. Sorry. I know. And that stresses me out, too. <laughs> Eventually, Corey we're going to probably build... has like 100 books stacked up on her floor on one side of the room. Quit calling me out. <laughs> and I see two of the same books. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I've got my uh, reasons. I might take a picture of this. No! Just to show our dear listeners <laughs> your craziness of... Hush. Little baby. That's terrible. Anyways. Alright, so you have more books to talk about than I do. Okay. Should I? am not as judgy as I am, apparently. Okay. Yeah, so I went through my Goodreads, which is how I track my books, and I... um. I wrote down 25 stars. I think I had a few more than that, but that was, um, I, like, I started out with a list of, like, 20 books. So I was like, ooh. And then I wrote down eight four-star books that I was like, why are these only four stars? Um, but I ended up making myself just pick out of my five stars, even if there seemed like there was a book that should have been a five-star. I yeah. stuck to five-star only. Mm -hmm. How did you pick yours? Same five-star only. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I only have four. Carrie <laughs> so, is a judgy judgerton when it comes to books. Either my taste is growing, mm -hmm. although I still read trashy ass novels. Mm. But yeah, 
Well, and here's the thing. It, this is the other thing with like a rating. I mean, a rating system is arbitrary. And I certainly look at like how a book is rated overall when I'm making a decision. Mm-hmm. And I'm mindful of how I score it for that reason. <clears throat> However, kind of like grades, if I give something three stars, that means I actually liked the book. Like it was, it was a, it was an okay read. It was fun. It was entertaining. Like if I'm getting it, if I mean, I, that's why I actually like it, a Goodreads rating thing because a two is like it's okay. So that's like I finished it. Maybe I should have abandoned it, but I'm not hating myself for waste. You know, I don't feel like I completely wasted my time reading that. I hope Goodreads doesn't turn into what Netflix has done with the thumbs up or thumbs down because that oh. is going to be so upsetting. Okay. And so for me, you know, if I give a book a three or a four, to me, it was pretty solid. Three to me is like, I didn't like it. But but if you look at their scoring, it says, I liked it. I know, but I change it to, I don't like it. So. And so then the two star is like, I hate it. And then the first star is, this is complete fucking garbage. So you really, you're really making up your own scoring system and, skew, yes. and skewing the good read for Goodreads readers. So there you go. If you're looking at Curie's ratings, you might as well not read anything she doesn't rate a five or a four star. Whereas for me, I'm saying the more I, politically correct version of books and tea podcasts. For me, if you see a two or three star, it didn't wow me. But I wasn't like I fin I probably finished it and it was okay. I think what also I've been thinking a lot about is, and again, this probably comes from because I have to sell books, even if I don't like them, is just because I don't like a book doesn't mean that it's a terrible book. It yeah. just wasn't for me. Right. So when I'm braiding them, I'm keeping that in mind, too, that, you know, it was okay. I didn't, you know, I wouldn't rave about it, but I'd feel comfortable recommending it to someone else. I don't think else. I could work in a bookstore. Yeah, I don't think. if somebody would be like, ooh, what about this book? And I hated that book. I'd be like... Do you want to suffer for 374 pages of your life? Or do you want to read a better book? Here, let me pick it out for you. Yeah, you got to be a lot more diplomatic. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. I'm like, well, you know, uh, you know, I'll say something like, well, I, I appreciated what the author was doing and it was good writing. I just didn't really enjoy the book. I didn't enjoy the storyline. Yeah, which is often the case, right? I mean, and there are some terrible books out there too. Let's be real. Yeah. But Anyways, so I guess that's a little insight if you follow either of us on Goodreads, what to expect out of us. Basically, um, my ratings are just good or bad. So essentially, even though you're... Oh, bit, a thumbs up is probably fine. I, uh, <laughs> you're like, I hate Netflix for their thumb ups on that. And I'm just going to say, but Kiri, that's essentially what you're doing. You're cutting off the middle. <laughs> middle schmiddle. Yeah. Middle and, schmiddle. Pixelixie. <laughs> So we would love to hear, actually, how do you rate books? Like, what is your thought process on that? And how closely do you look at um, yeah. reviews? I mean, we always love when we get a little comments and mails. It, it reassures us that we're not just sending stuff out into the atmosphere ether, ether with no one listening. So take, news. take a minute and just say, hey, I was listening and here's how I score books. And we'll be like, yes. We'll take a poll of how many people do it your way and how many people do it my way. Ooh, there you go. You, there you go. You can do it in 10 seconds. Corey or Kiri. Just put it in the comments. We'll know. Ooh. We'll know what that means. Or you could just put K and C. Even, th- even shorter. Come on, people. You could do this. Two seconds. Two seconds. Show us some love. Maybe do it on the Instagram post, too. Ooh, so yeah. We get after my... I post a picture of Corey's book hoardingness. Oh, my God. Don't. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. So now we're really going to talk about books. Yeah. Am I going first or are you going first? <clears throat> You're going first because you have 10. Okay. 
All right, so, and this is honestly in no particular order. It's probably honestly actually in reverse order of how I read. Like, the first one I'm talking about is the last one that I read. Oh, okay. Because I just was pulling them off of Goodreads. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, this was a book I listened to. It was The World That We Knew by Alice Hoffman. And I've been describing this to people as the love child of the nightingale and all the light we cannot see. Ooh, do I have this book? You do not, but you oh. should. It's so good. I, you know, we'll talk after. I have a, okay. I have a thought. Um, it has really strong female characters, a touch of magical realism. There's a golem involved. Um, it definitely was a fresh S kind of fresh perspective on World War of World War II book. I mean, let's be real, we're all getting burnt out on World War II books, but this one never. <laughs> this one I liked. Um it'll break your heart, but it also helps you believe in the power of love. Um you know, it's about loss and the resistance. Um and what I really liked about it, I thought it was really creative. You know, you ba- a lot of it's set in the French countries, the German occupied French countryside and all these main characters, you know, it's like I, I was thinking of like um, planetary orbits. So they're like circling each other and sometimes they're within the same orbit. And so their paths cross. Sometimes they miss. Sometimes they intersect. Sometimes they're just completely separate universes. And you're like, oh, why can't you find each other? Um, it was really well done. And I thought it was a really great audiobook. So um, it was, yeah, it was, it was my last five star read of the year. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, I'm doing two. That's yep. right. Okay, so then a nonfiction pick, uh, Save Me the Plums by uh, Ruth Reichel, who was for the long time the New York Times uh, restaurant critic. Um, her book, Garlic and Sapphires, is really well known, and it's about her time. It's about her getting uh, dressed up in different disguises and how she was a restaurant critic. It's super fun. This one is about how she got recruited to go work for Gourmet Magazine as editor in chief. So it's this really cool insider's perspective to what it's like to to work at a print magazine in the 1990s when magazines were still all you know mm-hmm. the shiznit. And what it means to be a woman in a powerful position and editor-in-chief. And then as it's moving through, it's when the internet is really starting to come into its own and how they're starting to figure out how do they embrace this internet thing um, as a print media. Um, And then ultimately, if you know the story of Gourmet, um, they were suddenly, it was suddenly announced that their doors were closing with little notice. And so it's like, how did she navigate that with her staff? How did they gracefully close it? How did it feel to have to go through that process? Mm -hmm. Really great memoir. Reads really fast, has some recipes in there, fun little like rubbing elbows with fancy folk. Cool. Yeah. All right. So my top pick of 2019 is Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about it recently. You did. I think. Yeah. So I'm not going to get into too much details, but Kaya forever stays in my memory mm. all the time. And wow. anytime I hear somebody say that they're reading Where the Crawdads Sing, I like... It's so excited, and I can't wait for them to read it and talk to me about it. Um, yeah, you got all excited when you saw I that know. I have a copy. Corey has one in a book, and I was like, are you going to read Where the Crawdads Sing? Um, puppies. No. Uh, so, yeah, a beautiful story. I listened to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was only like an eight-hour book, so I listened to it to and from Vegas. Okay. And uh, well, That's nice. The voice, the narrator, did such a beautiful job. Um, does she have a southern accent? She does. Oh, I love that. Um, Dang it, now I'm going to want to listen to it. I know. I found a trick Mm -hmm. to give it to you if you want it. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. I have a trick, too. Oh, maybe yeah, that's why I, trick. That's why I, like, pause. <laughs> I didn't want to, like, on air be like, here, let's break this all the rules. This is how you break the rules, people. <laughs> uh, Anyways, okay. So, yeah, 
by far my favorite book of the year. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Like, my heart swells mm. every time I hear about it. Which is why I finally, this was a damaged copy, so I was able to grab it for free. Nice. Um, and I was like, well, maybe if I have a, a one staring at me, right. I'll finally read it. It's, you know, it sells itself. So that's where, it's, again, sometimes as a bookseller, it's hard. Yeah. When um, you know you can, you kind of know what it's about and right. you feel pretty comfortable recommending it to people without reading it. Yeah. That's where you get kind of stuck sometimes. That's so good. Okay. My number three pick was The River by Peter Heller. So, so freaking good. I think I read this in a day. Um, like it was a weekend and I like literally like sat down on the couch and I didn't want to get up again until I got it done. Oh. Pretty short. Um, will wreck you in the best possible way. It has beautiful descriptive writing. Um, so it's kind of immersive. It's these two guys that are um, go to a small college in the East Coast, New Englandy. They're doing a big canoe trip up the river to Hudson Bay, their last hurrah before they go into their senior year. Everything starts to go sideways immediately. Um, you know, this was supposed to be like a multi-week, like, camping canoe trip. They see smoke, so one of them climbs the trees, clear a forest fire. They don't know where it's going to go, but it looks like it's headed their way. It gets so they're like, we better hustle. We need to get off the river because we don't know what's going to happen. Um, then it gets really foggy. They hear a man and a woman arguing. Um, they can't really find anyone. They don't know what's going on. The next day, they find a man who's like, I've lost my wife. And they don't know if they can trust him. There's other sketchy people on the river. Uh, I'm really liking the sketchiness lately. Oh, man. It was intense. And, like, there's, like, this whole scene where uh, this really doesn't, I don't think, give it anything away. But the forest fire does catch up to them. And, like, what they do to survive and the intensity of, like, this forest fire moving through, like, you feel, like, you suddenly are like, oh, this is what it would feel like if I was suddenly stuck somewhere and with a forest fire coming towards me and it just freaks the crap out of you. But it's just, it's quiet, but it's also really intense. Mm. So that's all I'm going to say about it because there's definitely some twists and turns. It's one of the, it's not like, it's kind of like a mystery. You don't want to say too much because part of the experience is just what is going to happen. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so that was amazing. Um, my next one was Stray City by Chelsea Johnson, who is a she's a local author in Flagstaff. She's not from Flagstaff, but she and her partner moved here. and They both are professors at NAU. Chelsea's lovely. I love her to death. She's amazing. Um, and this is a book set in 1980s in Portland about a young lesbian who moves from, like, conservative Nebraska or something. And she finally has a chance to be herself. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's about her kind of coming of age and finding a family of her choice and then what happens when she makes a huge mistake when she's drunk one night and ends up pregnant did i mention she's a lesbian (laughs) um and how the repercussions of that within her circle of friends and with her family and then what happens 10 years later when her precocious daughter starts asking questions about her father Mm. it's so good i feel like did we talk did you talk about this book i think because i think i made a comment of like when i was dating girls Uh you're like very clicky but then as soon as like you decide to explore other options like Mm -hmm. when i started dating chris i lost almost all of my lesbian friends Mm, yeah and there's a bit of that in there you know and so it's it's not um putting you know lesbianism up on a pedestal it's talking about you know these are still people who have their own perspectives and views and they make imperfect choices so um it's really well written it just it's super it has it's 
it has this, you know, some sadness and some humor and, you know, and you're kind of like, don't do it. Okay. You know, like you're, so you're rooting for the person and you're empathizing with them when they make choices and you're like, oh, that's not going to turn out well. Yeah. So super sweet, super fun. Um, and I like shout, giving a shout out to Chelsea and supporting her. This was her debut novel. So, um, you know, I like to give a little love to debut novelists when I actually happen to know them. So. And you like the book. And I like the book. Yeah. All right. So my second book is The Way of the Kings by Brandon Sanderson, which is the one that we talked about finishing up in New Zealand. Okay. Yeah. Um, Brandon Sanderson is kind of one of the most famous sci-fi, sci-fi or fantasy, all, sci-fi fantasy yeah. writers out there. I mean, all of his books are a thousand pages plus Mm -hmm. they all jump from different perspectives Mm -hmm. um and it took us a long time to read it because chris is always like you want to listen to our audiobook as we sit on the couch i'm like i'm gonna fall asleep like that lulls me to sleep so we finished it on our way through new zealand and there's kind of cool yeah super fun new zealand memory yeah yeah Um, there's so much that happens in that book and there are so many characters and there's so many plot twists that it's Mm -hmm. impossible for me to articulate it well enough to get anybody to read it. But this is a series. So I think there's Mm -hmm. three books in the series and this is the first one. So if somebody wants to jump into Uh Brandon Sanderson, this is a really good book. So, so let's narrow down though, is it sci-fi or fantasy? So is it set in like, so is it set like an outer space? fake world okay so yeah. fantasy mm-hmm. okay so probably one of the reasons why it has so many pages because there's a lot of world bu- this is the first one right yeah yeah so a ton of world building right yeah and, and getting to the characters building and uh-huh. character development and agendas and egos mm-hmm. and all the things all the things okay that's so good like twist and turn everywhere of like uh-huh. she can't be dead right like yeah. that's not possible so uh-huh. um so are we talking more like futuristic? Like like if you had to pick a time a moment in time that it's semi mimicking, is it like knights or There's knights. Okay. There's like war battles. So we're talking like medieval right. kind of fantasy. Fairies okay. and Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's really good. Yeah. They're popular sellers at the store. Yeah. So I really like when I can find a good um, couple listen. Like, Robert and I will do the same thing if we're going on road trips. I'll look for an audiobook for mm-hmm. us to listen to. I mean, we're both introverts, so we're pretty good at just, like, sitting in the car and not even communicating. Yeah. But I need a distraction whether I'm reading or not. But I feel like sometimes it feels more like a part. Like, instead of me just sitting there reading and ignoring him. Right. If I can pick out an audiobook that I think he'll like, too, then we're, like, doing something together. Right. And but, I like being able to pause and be like, oh, my God, and then talking about it, which yeah. is really cool. Y'all should do – have you done Ready Player One? Uh, I think Chris has. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, that was a good audio book. Okay. Yeah. Well, we have two more giant Brandon Sanderson books <laughs> to, we have to, to get start working And I was like, I guess we're going to have to take more road trips this year. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. The other time I find that it's really – this might work for you all is um, we don't – well, I do this for myself, but it might be a good way to – again for us to do something that we don't like that we normally do together is clean the house oh that's Um, a good idea because i like to listen to podcasts and audiobooks while i'm like unloading the dishwasher or folding laundry or dusting you know that's smart so yeah you could put it on the speakers and that's what we did when we painted the guest room as we were listening to the second audio okay there you go yep cool yep okay um so this ironically is the book that Kiri was just like, you have two copies of this. Uh, so Rules for Visiting by Jessica Fran- Francis Kane. Um, 
you know, it's funny. I, I shouldn't have liked this book. It has a kind of a quirky main character, which sometimes I find annoying. At the beginning of it, you kind of scratch your head and you're like, where is this going? This seems weird. This is not interesting. She's like navigating the airport. It's a lot of like inner monologue type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, uh, but I stuck with it. And like, but around, and, and I've consulted with several people that I've recommended it to and they've read it and they've agreed. You kind of, for whatever reason, the first chapter or two are a little clunky. But once you get to past those first couple chapters, then you understand why those first couple chapters are there, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um But it's basically about a young woman. She's living in her hometown. She's the campus gardener for the local university. Um, She lives at home with her dad. She's lost her mother, which, you know, has been semi-traumatic. And then that kind of unfolds over the course of the book. Um, She, a a student, a former student, writes a poem about a tree on campus that, and because she's the campus gardener who cares for the tree, she gets, like, she's awarded, like, three months leave extra. to do with what she wants so she decides she wants to reconnect with four of her close friends from her past so she decides to do all this research on what is the etiquette of friendship and visiting friends and which is super funny and what is and what is friendship about i mean at heart this book is about friends visiting friends and friendship and connecting with people especially in the digital age and um it's just charming it's just it just has my heart to me like this is the book which is why i have two copies smart ass <laughs> Um, I was, I was able to get my hands on the hardcover and what I want to do is when I visit friends far away, I want to take a copy and give it to them as a hostess gift because it's about visiting friends. That's cute. So that's why I have two copies. (laughs) Crazy person. (laughs) So I have one in the ready. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Um, okay. Speaking of trees, uh, this was not even intentional, but the next book is nonfiction. It's The Wild Trees, uh, a story of passion and daring by Richard Preston. Uh, Robert and I actually listened to most of this together as an audiobook. And it's about the coastal redwoods, which are some of the biggest trees in the world, and about these crazy kids, uh, not kids, people who um, either are like ecologists or botanists. Um, or arborists or just like to climb really high things and their exploration of these trees and what they find when they get up into the tree canopies there's um hammock sex there's a marriage in the trees um there's really tense moments which is actually why i really liked it as an audiobook because there's a couple times when you think something really scary is going to happen but you're not sure and if i was reading it i would have been like and when you're listening to it you just have to go with it so i actually appreciated that because it ratcheted up the tension so much for me and i was like oh my god is this uh, please don't let them fall and you don't know if they're gonna you know what's really gonna happen until it gets to the end of the narrative yeah um at the end there's the guy that wrote it he um is interviewing a couple of the characters so you get to hear the characters voices um and there's like the birds chirping and insects it's like field recording Uh um so that's kind of cool um so when i flipped through the book and and it has like a lot of cool pictures in it so it could be a nice one to you know do both ways or go back and forth between so yes All right, my number three. I just finished this on New Year's Eve, which is The American Duchess, a novel of Consuela Vanderbilt. And I took a picture of the back of the book and I sent it to Corey because (laughs) Karen Harper describes herself as a rabid 
Anglophile. You're kind of a rabid Anglophile. I know, but that sounds like a disease. <laughs> like, usually you use rabid when you talk about rabies. Right, but think about a rabid animal. They're like... I know, that still sounds like a disease. <laughs> so, this is based on a true story. You can Google Consuela Vanderbilt and read about her life. Mm-hmm. Her husband was the... Eighth Duke of Marlborough. I don't know how to say that name. It's Marlborough. Yeah. Okay. And it takes place in England, in the countryside, and at Belham House, which Nat- National Geographic just posted on hmm. their Instagram about it because it was given to the first Duke uh, for serving in a war in the 1600s. Wow. Um, they got some old stuff over there. I know. I love it so much. Um, so this book follows Consuela and she marries a guy that she doesn't really love mm. and she becomes a duchess and it makes her mother very happy. She's in love with another person. She's one of the first people that decides to leave her husband mm-hmm. publicly and then ask for an annulment um, and marries her one true love. And then the book ends as World War II is happening. So it's so. basically one of those, it's kind of like the American heiress where it's a yeah. rich American woman marrying a land, wealthy, yep. money, poor, yep. um, titled Englishman. Exactly. Okay. And it's so good. So is she of the Vanderbilts, like the Biltmore Estate in North Carolina Vanderbilts, like the really rich Vanderbilt? I mean, I guess that's, she has to be, right? I think so. Okay. So her... Where did she grow up in the book, did it say? Was she in New York or in North Carolina? Cotton. Her family grew cotton and they had slaves. Okay, so so probably probably North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, that place is amazing. If you want to go someplace cool, go to Asheville, which is a cool town, mountain town, like kind of like Flag. And then the Biltmore Estates was the uh, summer estates of the of the Vanderbilt family. Yeah, I think that's them. And it's like this. It's a it's a it's a castle. I mean, it's huge. You can tour. They have like vineyards and acres upon acres of land and. It's it's pretty darn cool. Yeah. Yeah. I have a book. I'll show it to you somewhere. Okay. Yeah. So um, that's my third. Cool. That's so funny. And I just finished it. I finished it in two days. So that's a uh, that's usually a good testimonial. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you, you might not like it. I usually like that kind of book. Okay. Yeah. I actually usually kind of enjoy that. Um, it's strong women. Like, yeah. Gotta love it. Right. Okay. Um... Okay, so another nonfiction, uh, Rough Magic, Riding the World's Loneliest Horse Race. So, again, kind of giving it a comp. It's, if you liked Wild, um, you would probably like this. Um, And it's kind of a young, directionless woman doing something wackadoodle without all the drugs and alcohol and sex with strangers. Nice. (laughs) Uh, So she's a British woman. She gets fired from her nanny job. She doesn't know what she wants to do with her life, but she likes horses, but she's not like, but she's not even like a horse person. She just happens to like horses. Like her aunt or someone was really into horses, but she, on a whim enters into this, uh, the Mongolian Derby, uh, which happens in Mongolia. And basically over 10 days, you ride 25 half wild Mongol ponies, a thousand miles, um, retracing the postal system that Genghis Khan set up. Jesus. And people train for years for this. And she happened accidentally, like ends up as like an alternate in this race with zero pride. (coughs) And so it's, you know, her, the hijinks of this intense horse race, but she also, you know, kind of, 
you know, has these beautiful, not beautiful, but like um, fun little uh, depictions of all of her competitors, like, you know, their character sketches. And um, she weaves in like, you know, descriptions of the Mongolian landscape and the history of the country. And so it just has a little bit of everything. And it's kind of, you know, it's just, it's really interesting. And again, it's fairly short, um, you know, it's a pretty fast read. So I like that one a lot. Hmm. Um, and then Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid of Seven mm-hmm. Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo fame. I actually have read this and listened to this. Have you? Did I give you this one? No. I think you would like you this. Okay, yeah. Um, Liz and I listened to it on our road trip. Okay. And it was super fun because I'd already read it. And it's basically like an oral history of this fictional um, 1970s rock band that was like on the top of their game and then just like broke up and stepped away from everything suddenly with no explanation. Huh. And so this is a, ref- you know, kind of like a reflection, kind of like VH1's Behind the Music. Yeah. And it's super fun because, you know, it's all in like little snippets of interviews and it'll be like so-and-so, they'll be talking about a sp- specific event and you'll have like three different people's accounts of what happened. And of course they're all different. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, who's right? I don't know. Which one is the truth? <laughs> so it was fun as an audiobook you can imagine because, you know, the voices change a little bit for each of the characters yeah. and you like get to know who they are. <clears throat> um, it was one of the top books just in general. Um of last year and i just it's super fun it'll probably stay on my top list for a long time that reminds me of what you said so the brandon the way of the kings mm-hmm. book there are like 15 different readers for this book oh, and geez. they maintain the same readers through the whole series Whew. so you really get to like know their voices okay and their characters i guess over a thousand pages sometimes yeah. i find that really confusing it was at first but okay. then like their voices are so different uh-huh. that you start figuring it out yeah. And I'm trying to think with Daisy Jones. I don't know that. I think there's actually just an narrator, but the voice, like the intonation changes mm-hmm. with each person. So you get to like it. It really kind of takes on the personality, which kind of matches what I'd had in my head anyway. Oh, so that's kind of fun. I like that. Yeah. So. So my last book for the year is The Gown, a novel of the royal wedding by Jennifer Robson. And this is based on the making of Queen Elizabeth II's wedding dress. Oh, yeah. I think I lend you that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think I talked about it in one of our mm-hmm. upcoming episodes of just an interesting story of the delicacy that it took to hand embroider her entire wedding dress. Wow. And the publicity and having to keep it a secret because they didn't announce who was doing the wedding dress. Okay. Um, so historical fiction <clears throat> and based on real women, there's a bunch of photos in the back of the book of the women mm-hmm. that did the dress. So, um, and I still want to read both of these, so I'm kind of jealous you've gotten to them and not me. But it's nice to like hear them affirm that they're worth keeping in my stack, totally. my stacks I on the really floor. I really like them, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, Anglophile for sure. But right. Historical fiction is my jam, especially when it comes to England. So, yeah. Yep. That's well, all I got. I know. And I think we've talked about it before. <clears throat> I think, you know, I was a history major in college. And so I think that's actually why I like historical fiction a lot, because history by itself, as if you're looking at it as just a series of events and dates, is kind of dry. But once you bring in actual humans who are experiencing yeah. that moment in time, I think that's, you know, I think that's why historical fiction is so popular, because it brings... It's life, yeah. you know? Otherwise, you're like, oh, yeah, there was these people, and they there was a war. Totally. A lot of people, people died. died. Bummer. The end. <laughs> the end. Oh, wait, we're starting a new war. Okay. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> 
So um, as I'm looking at my notes, I realized actually I did end up pulling. The, my last two books are oh. four stars. And, they, and they're both thrillers, um, which is one of my sweet spots for reading, especially when I just kind of need, I don't want to say a palate cleanser because they're often pretty intense, but if I need a good distraction, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure why I made these four stars. So um, I really loved both of them. So I decided I was going to pull them up and give them some love. So Woman in the Window. Um, you know, again, this has been on the bestseller list for like a gazillion years. Well, not a gazillion, but a long time. And so I've been kind of like, eh. I was like, I'm so sick of girl on the train, girl, et cetera, girl, blah, 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 um, thriller books. And at least they use the word woman, though, right? Sure. <laughs> Thank you, AJ Finn, for not calling it girl in the window. Okay. that Maybe that's why I finally picked it up. I don't know. Um, so I kind of poo-pooed it. And then I tore through this thing in like a day and a half. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. Um, you know, what I will say, you know, depending on what kind of reader you are, I tend to just kind of go for the experience and I'm, I'm always falling for all the red herrings that are thrown into books that I'm, and I'm not necessarily like, of course I'm like, who did it? Who did it? Right. But I'm not putting all my time in in, trying to figure it out before the book tells you. Correct. Yeah. I just, I don't do that either. Yeah. It drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. So, um, I felt like there was a lot of good twists and turns and it just, um, it has an unreliable narrator and that she is an alcoholic <laughs> and an agoraphobic. Nice. <laughs> uh, but she sees some things happen outside of the window oh and then God. you think you know what's happening and then you're wrong and then you learn some more stuff and then you learn you're even wronger and then at the end you're like, holy shit. Um, and so I'll just leave it there. <laughs> Sounds exciting. <laughs> so it was fun. So if you're looking for a good, easy, quick read and you like thrillers, I, I think this is one that actually deserves to be on the bestseller list and I had kind of discounted. And then last but not least, my other favorite thriller of the year was Tell Me Everything by Cambria Brockman. And I think I might have mentioned this one before. Um, Again, you have a person that you know, um, A, has had some weird stuff happen in her life as a teenager, and B, seems a little off. It's um, It's set on a college campus, which I'm always a sucker for. And so it was already checking all the boxes for me. And it starts in their senior year. And, um, and some events are happening and then someone dies and then it starts kicking back to their freshman year as well as like back in her past, it kind of jumps around in, um, different timelines. And so slowly you start realizing that this perfect shining group of friends is shocker, not as perfect and shining as they are. And you kind of see how they change and evolve. Like you slowly learn why did they even come together? Well, you think you know why they come together and then towards the end you realize some other th- reasons are why these group of people actually, you know, that she was kind of handpicking them. And um, again, some twists and turns that I totally did not see coming mm-hmm. um, as to why this person was murdered and why she's so weird. And um, because on the surface, she's like perfect. But in having her inner monologue, you know, there's definitely something else going on there. Hmm. Um, again, just kind of a good engaging, takes you on a ride and kind of you know, throws you off the cliff a couple of times before you really understand what's going on. I think it'd be cool for a book mm-hmm. to go backwards in time. I feel like those must exist. It has. I mean, if nobody's done it, weird. 
but I think it would be cool. So I was just thinking, like, mm. the book starts off at their senior year, mm-hmm. and then it's their junior year, mm-hmm. and then it's their sophomore year, and then it's their freshman year, and that's how it ends. Mm. And so it's basically the a reverse of how books usually go. Right. It builds up as to yeah. this is how it started, and that's how they got to where they are now. But instead, it would be like, this is how they are now. And then you have to go back in time to see how it... So would you do it as starting at the end of their senior yes. year and going reverse? Like, literally going reverse. Completely. That would be so hard. Could you even do that? Sure. You would write. You could write it freshman to senior and then reverse it. But how could you reverse it and keep it making sense? Because if you're moving backwards... Exactly. There's probably a reason why there's not a lot of books out like that. I think it'd be so cool, though. Well, we'll have to research and see if those exist. And if they do, we'll have to do a buddy read. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Okay. So we'll have to see. And maybe we'll... Maybe... But it can't jump back into the future. It, it just has, has to keep... continuously going back. Okay. So, like, she died is, like, how the first thing okay. starts. And then it's, like, a chron- backwards chronological order So instead of... of bouncing back and forth, which is what most people do... Right. You start at the very... Hmm. And and go to the beginning. Okay, I mean, I'd I'd be in it for the ride. I'm I'm struggling to see how that. Let's would... find a good one. Okay. If anybody out there knows, tell us. Let us know. Cool. All right. Well, there's uh, a wrap on 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what you're reading next? I'm reading a book you gave me. Which it's one? It's based in England. <laughs> Shocker. Curie <laughs> uh, has a type. I. Have it listed on my Goodreads. Oh, hey. And it is uh, Bitter Feast by Deborah Crombie. I don't even remember that. It's fascinating. Ooh, I'm glad that I gave you a good book. Yeah, it's a mystery book. I think okay. Like it. Go me. Yeah. Well, I'm reading a really buzzy book. <clears throat> I don't know where it went. Where did it go? <laughs> I literally lost the book. How did I lose the book? Uh Okay. Well, anyways, it's called, I think, Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. I'm kind of just spitballing that right now. Um, and uh, me being me, I have like multiple things going on, right? So I'm reading House of Salt and Sorrows, which is a retelling of the 12 Dancing Princesses, which was a fairy tale. And I'm reading um, Such a Fun Age, That's What It Is, by Kylie Reed, which is a highly buzzed book that just came out, and I'm finally getting around to it because it's supposed to be one of the best books of 2020. Hmm. Well, actually, it came out <laughs> came out December 31st, 2019, which is super awkward. Oh, shit. Um, but I think it's still going to be one of the best books of 2020, and it's good so far. Um, so those are what I have really – those are kind of the main things I have on my plate right now. Nice. So – all right. Well, all right, people. Um, we're going to be tinkering around with some formatting things, so bear with us. But we will, we have a couple of recorded episodes we'll be sharing over the next month or so. And um, we'll kind of keep you up to date on what we're doing. Sounds good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hey, book friends. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks for listening along with us. Head over to our podcast site to share your recommendations and your opinions with us on the books we have read. That website is booksandteapodcast.com. It's also where you will find our podcast show notes with a full list of titles for the books, along with our favorite tea and what we mentioned today. If you are on any social media, feel free to stop by our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You will find those links on our website. To be the first to hear about the next new podcast and what we are working on, make sure you are signed up to our newsletter. 